Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robbins. Uh, hey, hey, can, uh, are, are you able to hear me? The phone broke up a little hey, bit. Hey, like everybody right out there in radio land. <laughs> the phone, the, the, the audio broke up like right when you were doing the intro, and I kind of heard the excitement in your voice, but I didn't hear every word. But I assume you asked me how I am, and, and I'm in a better mood than I was yesterday, and I'm always in a good mood when we're going to talk about Recruiting, recruiting. When we're talking about that, I get in a good mood. I'm right there with you. We are going to talk about recruiting. Yesterday, we did – this one's going to be a little bit shorter podcast for everybody. But uh, yesterday, we did um, Jimmy's projected offensive class for uh, 2021. And so I tried to – I mean, I had to think about it for a second. Now we're going to talk about the defense. Um and so, Jimmy, let's start off with the defensive lineman. You think we're going to get Tim Keenan from Ramsey, and here's what you say about him. He's 6'2", 340. He's a, he's a big old hunk of something. A really heavy presence in the middle, but this kid is shockingly light on his feet. An easy comparison at the same stage you can see would be DJ Dale. He is better than his ranking, meaning better. Tim Keenan's better than what he's ranked right now. Needs to watch the body, but Alabama strength and conditioning program ter- could turn him into a monster. Yeah, you know uh, what I'll say about Tim Keenan. Uh, now he's been a name. He's been a known player for a while. Uh, you know, when you're that size and a productive <laughs> player in high school, you, you get known. So Tim Keenan's a guy I've, I've been aware of for a while. Uh, he is. He's also made about 58 trips to Tuscaloosa. Only Tim Keenan. Uh, goes to Tuscaloosa more than I do for a kid, for somebody that lives out of town. Uh, and so anyway, Keenan at six two three forty, that's just a massive high school kid. That's, you know, it's so round. I was expecting, mean, so when I watched his tape in February, when I did the exhaustive film review, the top 60 players in Alabama, I was excited to see Keenan because here's a guy I'm aware of. And, you know, I've never seen him, but I've been aware of him. And now I'm going to watch his junior highlight tape. I was expecting to see a space eater, a two-gap player, a guy that at the line of scrimmage cannot be blocked in high school. But generally what that means is the ball is snapped. He stands straight up. Two people try to block him, cannot move him. And if the other team makes a stupid decision to run directly up the middle, even though he's being blocked by two guys, he somehow manages to get a hand free and with one hand tackles a high school back right at the line of scrimmage for a one-yard gain. And that's kind of what you expect to see when you go 6-2-3-40, right? Well, I turn on the tape, and this is what I see. I see a guy who blows past high school offensive line. The ball is snapped, and this dude's doing swim moves, cutting through double teams, and tackling the back six yards in the backfield for a loss. And I'm like, whoa, that's impressive. He there's two types of nose guard, the space eater and the playmaker. And a space eater at Alabama would have been Terrence Cody. But a playmaker is like Deron Payne. Deron just didn't just eat up space. Deron made shit happen. And Keenan is a make-things-happen make type player. Uh, I, I, I'm Now, obviously, he's going to have to shed some bad weight, uh, and just like Alabama did with D.J. Dale. When Alabama shed some bad weight on D.J. Dale, boom, he's a true freshman starter. I think Keenan is every bit as good as DJ Dale. So uh, I'm excited about him. Uh, the other ones, were, well, the other one was uh, Anquin Barnes from Robert E. Lee. That's, that's a name a lot of people would be surprised to see, I think. 
It really is. And uh, when I did the film review, now here's one I missed a little bit. I mean, I, I brag about getting Keenan Wright and Jalen White and Malik McLean, who I rated way higher than anybody else after that tape review. But uh, here's one I missed on a little bit. Now, I had Anquan Barnes on my list, and I did watch him. And on my Crimson Country Club blog, I included him in the others to watch after I did the top 16. So it's not like I missed him entirely. I thought of him enough to include him. But uh, I, I was a little surprised when Alabama extended the early offer. Now, that doesn't mean Alabama would take him today. Sometimes Alabama's early offers just mean, well, we'll see you in camp and we'll make a decision then. Yeah. Uh, but but Barnes, uh, what I do like about him is he is an interior player on defense, but he is long with long arms. And you don't normally – you know, in other words, you know, obviously Keenan – is uh, got you know kind of shorter and, and shorter arms, but like like most interior linemen have. But but you know Bolden, I mean Barnes, he has sort of the look of a, of a of an outside guy because of those long legs and arms. But he's actually heavy and, and plays inside. So I think he's interesting. I wonder if maybe he might be an offensive lineman down the road. But I included him because he is an in-state player that does have an Alabama offer, and it sure would be nice to sign an inner city kid from Montgomery. I don't think we've signed a kid from Robert E. Lee in a long time. And that's such a traditional, traditional yeah, program. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, rugs and rugs have been the first one in a while, you know, but, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Now the reason some people are saying we're not only going to sign two. Well, there have been years where we didn't sign many. We did sign three in this past class, but the fact of the matter is, <laughs> We're now loaded at defensive line. We have 12 defensive linemen on scholarship this fall. That's the ideal number, 12. We have 12, which is great. So we're not, we're finally, we're not under. We're right about where we need to be with scholarship players. Not one of them is a senior. Now, LeBron Ray is a, is a fourth-year junior who's very likely to leave if he has a healthy, good year. So we could lose LeBron Ray. But when you're already full and you're probably not losing more than one guy, I mean, how many should you sign? You know, I mean, yeah, we could, you know, I got friends that say, oh, no matter what, you always take three or four defensive linemen. You can never have enough. I don't disagree with anybody that says that. That makes a lot of sense to me. But what also makes sense is if, you, if you're radically over at one spot, that means somewhere else on the roster, you're under, you're under. Imagine if Alabama – didn't have a sufficient number of linebackers on scholarship last two or three years. We'd have been really screwed. So you don't want to be too short somewhere else. So I only project Alabama to sign two defensive linemen. I could be wrong. Maybe to be three or four, but it's not like I'm way off. Uh, then linebackers. Now, this is another place we load up, kind of like with wide receivers. You have Deontay Lawson from Mobile Christian, Dylan Brooks from Hanley Roanoke, uh, Jeremiah Williams from Ramsey. So Ramsey defense is going to be stout this year. Uh, and Xavier Sori from Graceville, Florida. You know, to me, this seems like a best case scenario list. Um, yep. I hope that you're absolutely right, but it does seem best case uh, list. Deontay Lawson already committed, and I think he's the only commitment right now. But uh, Dylan Brooks, uh, an Auburn lean, I would say probably. But I think he's going to make a business decision, like you said. <laughs> yeah, that's what you got to hope. I mean, if you're Alabama, I mean, if the kid goes with his heart, it's probably going to be Auburn. He, he grew up an Auburn fan, and they offered him way before we did. So the heart's going to be Auburn. I hope, 
hope as an Alabama fan, uh, I hope he makes a business decision because I do think Alabama's a lot to offer him, particularly schematically, because if you draw up what Nick Saban wants in a Jack linebacker, it fits this kid perfectly. Auburn doesn't really have a Jack linebacker. They have, I think they call it a buck, which is a defensive, it's really a defensive end. I mean, Nick Coe played the position last you know, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but Nick Coe's been a buck for them. That dude weighed 290 pounds, you know, and and, and Dylan Brooks isn't that big. Uh, I, I just think Alabama's a better schematic fit for him. And uh, what you can sell Dylan Brooks on is, hey, you want to talk about jacks that have played for Nick Saban's defense? Uh, one is Jason Taylor. He was the NFL Defensive Player of the Year playing that position for Nick Saban in the NFL. So, and and this kid's similar to Jason Taylor, which is a hell of a thing to say. But, I mean, in terms of uh, size and length and explosiveness and first step, I bet you watch tape of Jason Taylor in high school, you're probably looking at Dylan Brooks. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good call. And I think that that's where you – that's a great place to sell him is, look, I've been putting guys like you in the NFL way before I was at Alabama. And, um, you know, meanwhile – I know Auburn's about to put a defensive lineman in the NFL right now, but, I mean, it's not like they just – their cup runneth over with defensive linemen in the professional ranks right this minute. Um, so, Deontay Lawson, we've talked about him uh, a lot on the podcast in the past, but Jeremiah Williams from Ramsey, what are your thoughts here? Uh, he's a lot like Dylan Brooks, very similar player. I think he's more of a pure linebacker in the sense that Dylan Brooks – calling him a one-trick pony is selling him short because really Dylan Brooks is a six-star to me. But the reason he is a six star is because there's no greater trait, there's no greater skill uh, than rushing the passer in terms of value, whether you're talking the NFL draft or recruiting. Uh, Jeremiah Williams is more than just a rushing the passer guy. I think he could even get away with playing Will linebacker inside uh, because Jeremiah Williams is a real rangy guy, real tackler, maybe better against the run uh, than even Dylan Brooks, you know, at the same at the same age. Uh, Jeremiah is just kind of maybe maybe a Dylan Brooks light, I would call him. He's very good. He's long. Uh, his best football is ahead of him. Uh, I, and uh, a teammate of Tim Keenan, and it makes those two sort of a package deal. I don't really think they are a package deal, but I think they're likely to end up in the same place if that place is is Alabama. <laughs> um, and then Xavier Sorry from Graceville, Florida. Uh, and you seem to really like this guy, but isn't he a isn't he a safety? He plays safety at his high school. He plays well, he plays every position. This is the quintessential. He does everything but sell cokes at halftime. Kid, he plays every position on the field. Usually, just inside one game. Uh, there there is not a position on the field that he probably hasn't played, other than offensive line. And in high school, in that classification he plays in, he'd be a really good offensive lineman too. Uh, he, he, he does everything. Um, I love him. He's one of my favorites and, uh, gosh, uh, you, you tell the people my player comparison for him. I couldn't come up with an Alabama guy. I came up with an even freakier, uh, kid in terms of my comparison for him. But we, we all saw what Isaiah Simmons did, uh, winning the Buckus award this year at Clemson and then going to the combines and just putting on a show that that story, uh, and in terms of what position he plays, he does play a lot of safety in high school. But this is a kid who, you know, we're five months away from his senior year of starting. He already weighs over 210 pounds. I think he's a 235-pound player in college, maybe 240. 
And uh, he's obviously going to lose a step when he puts on that sort of weight. But uh, how about a 240-pound linebacker that's good enough to play in coverage that will knock your block off and, and on top of everything else, has ball skills because he plays quarterback and running back and wide receiver. Um, just a great, great prospect of all of the prospects in the nation. I wouldn't rank him number one, but he might be my favorite in the whole country. Uh, he's from the Florida panhandle. That gives Alabama a really good shot. But trust me, Florida State, Florida, Georgia, they're going to come after that kid with guns blazing. So I guess when you're talking about your favorites, but not the best, you're saying, sorry, not sorry? Ariana Grande style? <laughs> well, it's going to be a little bit confusing to our fans to sign a Christian story last year and a Xavier sorry this year. But, you know, Vern Lundquist is out of the league, so we can we can figure it out. Yeah, I mean, without Vern here, I mean, there's, there's no telling how far our lexicon can stretch. Um, whatever that means. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't even let's, know what that means. Let's go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we're going to run down your uh, list of players in the defensive backfield. All right, Jimmy, in the defensive backfield, this is going to be a place, again, we're going to have to really load up here. Um, You know, we could be losing a bunch of dudes. Um, You have uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Hey, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I'm all for it, man. If we can get him, I, I, I mean, I'm down with it. Um, I think it could be a bit of a stretch, but uh, hey, let's let's shoot for the moon. It's your list. You do it the way you want. <laughs> well, there's no way I could do the list without including him. Uh, he, he's, uh, you know, I, I have him number two in Alabama behind Dylan Brooks. You could easily have him number one or a one A and a one B. Uh, I, I would agree that he's a five star. Uh, he's a pure corner. He's a fantastic athlete. You know, uh, there was a lot of talk about a year ago that, that he would certainly end up at Auburn, and uh, in part because he plays at Pinson Valley and he's really good pal. You know, his quarterback was Bo Nix, and and his coach was Pat Nix, and 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 I get all that. Maybe 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 he got locked in there a year ago and just kind of keeps it on the down low. Could be, but. Let's talk about what's happened since then. You know, Pat Nix has moved on. Bo Nix has moved on. Their new coach there is Sam Shade, who was a DB at Alabama. You look at McKinstry's interviews, and uh, Alabama seems to be more prominent than Auburn. Now, it seems to me the real threat to Alabama may not be Auburn anymore. It might be Clemson. It might be LSU, who, who, who can beat you for, for a kid, particularly a basketball player. And, and LSU basketball is involved with him. So, oh, I, shit. I ca- exactly. <laughs> we'll just leave that all unsaid, but oh, shit's a good way to put it. Uh, Clemson and LSU are real contenders for Kool Aid. So is Alabama. And I do think Nate Oates has been a big help for Alabama. And I think basketball's recruiting him like he's a basketball prospect, when in fact, if McKinstry signs with Alabama, he's certainly going to be on football scholarship and be a football first kid. But, it's got to be enticing to the McKinstry family for their son to be the most successful football basketball player in school history. Uh, he could be a real hero uh, in state, which means a job for life when sports is over, which means being famous in your own state for life when, when sports is over. And uh, at some point, Jaquincy, I hope, starts just focusing on football because 
again, it just gets to the numbers. If you're, if you're just a, if you're a football five star and, and you're just a really good basketball player, you need to play football because there's just infinitely more jobs. There's just more jobs available. There's more, if you're a defensive back, Luke, there's more jobs available to you in the NFC South than there is in the NBA. Yeah. So, you know, kid play football. Don't, don't, I mean, you can play both in college because it's a hell of a lifetime memory and it even increases your marketability maybe, but dude, you, you need to make millions playing football. So at some point, my advice to him would be play football and basketball your freshman and sophomore year. And after your sophomore year, quit playing basketball, focus on football during your junior year, and then enjoy being picked in the top 10 in the draft. And just let the, just let the wine start flowing or flowing, flowing like beer or Kool-Aid. <laughs> other DBs though. We got other DBs. Um, other and DBs. Quincy. Yeah. You have a uh, Kamari Lassiter from American yeah. Christian Academy. Uh, again, great kid right there in, in the Tuscaloosa area. Um, I would love to get him. I, again, I like getting these hometown kids. I mean, I, I thought the same thing about Seth Williams who's at Auburn right now. I mean, it, you yeah. know, I, I think that's what Kool-Aid McKinstry is. Seth Williams plus 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 maybe. Um, but uh, Kamari Laster, I think he'd be a great pickup. Yeah. Uh, I like that. He's in the backyard. It's probably a stretch. I mean, I basically have him taking the place of the corner from Texas that decommitted, you know, who's, who's got a much bigger name nationally. Uh, Kamari's unlikely to get a, a very high ranking being an Alabama private school guy he plays at American Christian Academy right there in Tuscaloosa. It, it might've been a stretch for me to include him, but he does have an Alabama offer uh, and, and has been a regular at Alabama camps. He has adequate SEC size and length. He is a big-time playmaker. And this is just a really, really deep year of corners in Alabama. I think as many as eight cornerbacks in the state of Alabama will sign with Power 5 schools. And McKinstry and Laster are probably the two best. Uh, and then Terion Arnold from Tallahassee. Love him. I, I like that kid a lot too. I mean, just watching some tape on him, he's he's a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, explain your process here. Yeah, I mean, uh, Arnold, uh, a lot like Xavier and Sori, they're very similar players to me. Sori's a little bit bigger, and I think is more projects at linebacker, but their their high school tape is, is somewhat similar. Uh, Terry and Arnold, more of a true safety. Uh, he can play center field. He's impressive in the box. Uh, I think he's a guy who's uh, who, who's going to rise in those rankings and end up a consensus national top 100 uh, player. John Paul Catholic uh, High School in Tallahassee, Florida State's been tough to beat out. You know, sometimes it's really tough with those kids. I mean, you got to think Florida State's the main competition, and Florida State's definitely going to want him. Uh, and, and they certainly have a, a strong program. Uh, being made from the ground up by by Mike Norville, who's who's going to do really well there. But uh, some kids want to leave from home, and uh, I mean, I have no idea what his situation is. Sometimes it's best to leave home, depending on you know what your circle of, of friends like. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, does he have a lot of good influences? He doesn't need to leave, or does he have a lot of bad influences he needs to run from? I mean, everybody has a different situation when you're talking about playing college for your hometown. So, uh, 
just because he's from Tallahassee, I wouldn't. Alabama signed another really good safety from Tallahassee that Florida State wanted, named Ronnie Ronnie Harrison. That worked out pretty good. So I, I think the Ronnie Harrison Tallahassee safety pipeline continues, and Terry Arnold ends up at Alabama. But uh, whew, he won't be easy to sign. Uh, and then finally, um, Ian Jackson from Prattville. Now, this is a guy who sort of burst onto the scene late, but, uh, man, he's got all the measurables in the world, and everybody seems to be on him now. And you feel like Alabama's got the inside track? Yeah, we offered him uh, not too long ago. He got the Alabama offer uh, fairly recently. Uh, I've already used the Isaiah Simmons comparison, and that's so over the top because you're my kid who could end up being drafted as high as four in the NFL draft in, uh, next month. Uh, but uh, Ian reminds me of Isaiah again because what you're talking about is a linebacker body but with defensive back athleticism and skills. I have Ian Jackson projected to play safety at Alabama. He's extremely similar athletically to Xavion Sori, you know, who I, who I waxed poetic about earlier. I think they're real similar kids. Sori, though, has ball skills. Uh, you know, whereas Ian Jackson, more of a pure linebacker in terms of high school. It's a little bit of a reach. I don't like moving kids away from the line of scrimmage. If you don't know this as a, as a football fan, when you're projecting uh, these kids that are going to grow and get bigger, it's so much easier to take a high school kid who played away from the ball and move him closer to the ball than it is to take a high school kid that played close to the ball and then move him to the secondary. Because basically what you're saying is, hey, uh, you're going to play now in a league where everyone is much, much, much faster, and we're going to give you more territory to cover than you've ever covered in your life. Uh, that, that's uh, really tough. But here maybe is the exception to the rule. I, I, I would look at Ian Jackson at safety first. Now, he may grow into linebacker and may prove that, that maybe he can't cover the necessary ground, but I'd want to take a look because – I, I, he looks like a safety athletically to me, and, and as a safety, he would have premier size. So, and there's this: I love Ian Jackson, and just didn't want to leave him off the list. He's just too damn good. Uh, that's that's a really good point. All right, so let's go ahead and take one more break here, and when we come back, we'll wrap up Jimmy's signing class. So, Jimmy, one guy left on your list. You just have a question mark there for long snapper? Question mark. Because who in the hell knows who the best long snapper in the country is, right? Not me. I mean, I, I got enough problems watching the, the 22 positions to know even what the hell a good long snapper looks like. I think I think much like punters and kickers, they go to these camps, to these long snapper gurus who look at all of them in camps from one end of the country to the other. And this long snapper guru will come out with a list and say, okay, here's the best guys coast to coast. I've all had them in my long snapping camp and, and these are their names. And, and when we need a long snapper, we just call that guy, whoever the hell that guy is. I don't even know who the hell I know with the kickers. We call a guy named Chris sale who, who runs the, the country's biggest kicking camp. I don't, I don't know who the long snapper guru is or who the best guy is. I just think there's a good chance we'll sign a really good one <laughs> that's ranked high at those camps because the last three long snappers we've signed are, 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 are NFL guys. Uh, Carson Tinker's had a pretty long NFL career for a snapper. And then uh, Cole Mazza, 
was with the Chargers last year. I don't know if he was on the team all year long. And, and now Thomas Fletcher, he might be the best snapper of all. Uh, he certainly hasn't had a bad snap at Alabama. He makes quite a few plays uh, in the punt game, uh, even defending the punt returner. So uh, I'm sure we'll sign a good one. Uh, I, I don't want to give him uh, credit because he didn't give me permission to use his name, but but after I printed that blog, a uh, a valued poster on Crimson Country Club who follows recruiting extremely close mentioned the name Rocco Underwood. He might be the long snapper Alabama has her eye on. I don't doubt that information because this is a very good poster uh, who's right about things a lot. So we'll throw that name out there. That was new to me, but hey, if you... If you're tuning in to LJS to find out who the long snappers are, you're tuning into the wrong lawyer recruiting expert. I don't know. Uh, Rocco Underwood sounds like he would be the best, uh, the best long snapper name in the history of long snapping names. <laughs> I mean, it's underhanded, right? Under yeah. wood is in there. Rock is in there. You got a rock. You got a it wood. runs the gamut, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe all. that maybe that dude on Crimson Country Club was just literally effing with We're us by me. making up these by making up a name and going they don't know I'm just going to make up this name and they'll run with it and that's what we're doing right now. He might just be giggling away. But nah, my guess is Who that's a real kid. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at this guy named uh, Peter Longshanks and uh you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um so, Jimmy, who'd you have a hard time leaving off the list? Oh, gosh. In-state kids. Because I want to sign in-state. I'll tell you the two most highly rated in-state kids that aren't committed somewhere else. Christian Lewis, a wide receiver from Pleasant Grove, and Jordan Mosley, a wide receiver at McGill Tulin. In my opinion, watching their tape, those two are damn sure good enough to play for Alabama. And, I mean, I, I it, it will it will pain me that we don't have but, – but they're not as good as Hall – Williams or Malik McLean, uh, in my opinion, they're, they're not quite that good. So I had to leave them off. But uh, gosh, if Christian Lewis and Jordan Mosley play for for Auburn and Tennessee, hey, we got, we got some uh, some butt clenching times ahead because those two dudes are going to make plays against us. Yeah, you know, I, I assure you, they're good players. Uh, a lot of good in-state kids, uh, even quarterback. You know, Will Crowder. I thought about mentioning his name just in terms of what happens if Milrow sticks with Texas and the California kid doesn't want to play on the other side of the continent. And, and we're just sort of left with kids who want to be at Alabama. And I think Crowder's pretty good. Uh, so I about mentioned his name. Another in-state kid that I found in my tape search I want to be more vocal about uh, is Justin Parks, who's a corner from Gardendale. Uh, I'd never heard of him when I watched. I just saw his name on a list uh, and, and saw that he had some offers. So I'm like, well, okay, this might be a top 60 kid. I'll watch the tape and I watched that tape and I'm like, straight up, I I I don't see a I don't see a mile worth of difference between him and McKinstry, for real. I mean, yeah, take McKinstry, definitely take McKinstry. 99 times out of 99, take McKinstry. But what I'm saying is, I watched Justin Parks and was like why hasn't the entire SEC offered this guy? And since I noticed that uh, and included him on my list, which nobody really sees except a handful of people that aren't on Crimson Country Club, uh, he has been racking up offers. As a matter of fact, I would say this spring, 
in terms of quantity of offers, he may, he may have more offers this spring than any kid in Alabama in terms of offers that he's gotten since January. Now, not too many of these offers are from the premium programs, but uh, I was thinking, man, May evaluation period, schools are going to go to see Crowder, you know, during May evaluation, they're going to leave going, uh, I like the Parks guy. So, uh, so right. those were some of the kids I hated leaving off. Well, Jimmy, that's going to do it for your projected signing class. Uh, two podcasts worth there, both of them fun to check out for everybody. Want to tell everybody thank you so much for tuning in. We've had some comments on the Twitters, and we appreciate it. Uh, yeah, some people have talked about how, man, it's got to be kind of difficult to do a podcast right now. Yes, you're damn right. It's kind of difficult to do a podcast right now. But, I mean, Here we a are. podcast we shall do. And, and um, that projected signing list is going to change, people. It's going to change. I mean, it's impossible to say, you know, 11 months out. <laughs> I mean, what's the NFL equivalent? What if I said right now, what, what if instead of talking Bama, we were uh, talking Broncos? And uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell y'all who the Broncos are going to select in the 2021 draft. I mean, come on. But it's sort of, <laughs> it's not too different than what we just did with foot. It's a long way off. A lot can change. The board changes. My mind changes. Even more importantly, Alabama's mind changes. And uh, there's still an evaluation period if there's one. There's still summer camps if there are any. There's still senior year. So don't uh, write all that stuff down in pencil. It's just more entertainment as opposed to substantive information. You never know who's going to burst onto the scene late. I mean, it's just it's a bunch of shit you got to go through. But these are trying times, and you're trying to fill some space. And we appreciate you, Jimmy. You oh, thank you very much. And uh, hope I didn't offend people with my rants on yesterday's show. No, nah, you pissed off North Sand Mountain, but they'll get over it. Oh, yeah. There's no, 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 no reason to be alarmed there. They're way up on that mountain. They're like, they're just shaking their fist at you going, we're going to get you, Stein. <laughs> um. All right, buddy, roll tide. Roll tide.